Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. Thank you, Lord, that your mercies are new every morning, Lord, and as we open up your word, we pray that you'd give us a fresh word in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 8, let's uh, look at this here. Verse 1, when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou, can make, thou canst make me clean. Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus saith unto him, See thou tell no man, but go thy way and show thyself to the priest and offer that gift that Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. And when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof, but speak the word only. My servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers unto me, and I say to this man, Go, he goeth. To another, Come, he cometh. And to my servant, Do this, and he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said unto the Syrian centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so it be done unto thee. The servant was healed in the selfsame hour. Now, <clears throat> what's important here is to see this context, that the Lord has just emerged from his most comprehensive teaching, which, of course, is the, the Sermon on the Mount. So the, that's the end of chapter 7. The response of the people to his teaching has been one of just amazement. Amazement, because they clearly have seen a great difference between his teaching and the teaching of the scribes. And that was the last verse in chapter 7, verse 29, that says, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Big difference. The authority about his teaching. They ha he had an authority that the people never saw before. His teaching was not these endless discussions of what in the Talmud about what this rabbi said and what that rabbi said. His teaching was what God said, and it had this authority as though his, his words were coming right from God. And the scribes, you know what they did, this difference here is that the scribes, they taught about what you must do and what you must not do it was all the outward. It was lifeless. For example, the teaching of the scribes, they very much center, do center, on, the, on, on, on what, what must be done on the Sabbath. 
how far you're allowed to walk on the Sabbath, how much work you're allowed to do in this on cooking on the Sabbath. And, and the Sabbath was just a favorite subject for the scribes because that was the day in which they could really shine and center on what you, what you must do and what you must not do. And so that really the scribes were giving sort of a manual of operations for life, and it all centered on the do aspect. But the Lord was different when he taught because the Lord taught not on, on, uh, so much on what you must do, but what you must be on the inside. He taught that you must not be angry on the inside. He, he taught on how you must not look at a woman to lust after her on the inside. He taught how a person must not use his thoughts to judge other people inside. And this is what made the difference between the Lord teaching about a, a, a person's thoughts and attitudes and feelings. And for the people, when they heard this, they said, you know, scribes, they don't care about what a person was thinking about or what a person was, was feeling or their attitude. So the Lord's, when the Lord spoke, they understood, he's talking about my attitude of anger and, and, that, and this attitude that no one can see. He's talking about my inner sexual thoughts and those thoughts no one can see. He's talking about my inner feelings that I feel I'm better than the other person. And they're thinking, the scribes didn't care about those things, but the Lord cares about them. The scribes only cared about what I should do, but the Lord Jesus is, is caring about who I should be. So this teaching of the Lord Jesus, it came across to the people with authority because as he was teaching, they all felt as though God was putting their finger on their attitudes and their thoughts and their feelings and they felt guilt. And so when the Lord was, stood there teaching and it was so radically different from, from the normal uh, teaching of the scribes, they just had a big question. And their question is, um, it, their, their question is, is it right, what he's, what he's centering on? Does it come from God? Is this the way, is this, is, 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 he comes with authority, but is it right? So that's why it's so important in verse one that we're on now, chapter eight, verse one, is that he's come right down off of the mountain. The people have these, this question, is it right? And right at that point, he performs this miracle of, of cleansing, of healing this, this leper. So the, this, this important miracle, it, what, what, it, was, it was significant because it authenticated for the people that this new teaching of his was really true. Now, today, today, there's a greater miracle that, that authenticates that the teaching in the Bible is, is, is true, and it's, it's not the miracles of healings and the supernatural, it's the miracle of a converted heart. It's the miracle of a cleansed soul. It's the miracle of a, 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 of a, a, of a, a life inside where there was death. It's just the miracle of a regenerated life. And, and this is the miracle that's referred to in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Once people see that in a person, it authenticates the Bible because 1 Corinthians 6, 9 says, be not deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners, quite a list, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed, you're sanctified, you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. That's the miracle of a life that used to be compared to the life that now is. 
And that authenticates the teaching of the Bible is true. This is what's meant by Ephesians 2.1, Ephesians 2.1, where it says, you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he has loved us, wherein even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, he made us alive, quickened us together with Christ. Now, so this, this, this is the miracle of rising up from an old dead life and that was following the lusts of the flesh to a new life which follows the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, not the miracles of healings, the miracles, it's a, uh, the miracles of supernatural, but the miracle of a changed life from death to, li- to, to, to life. And this is the wonder, this is the great wonder that people see and it authenticates the Bible, and this is coming from the person who is the absolute wonder from uh, Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah 9.6 where it says that his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Okay, so he's come off the mountain here in, 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 in verse one, as we saw, and now in verse two, it's behold, there came a leper. Uh, this is an unbelievable scene. I don't know if you can kind of picture this in your mind. It's like this leper comes to him. It's like a leper, por favor. You know, it's like, oh man, okay. So this leper who's supposed to be banished, this, this leper who's supposed to be separated, kept away from the public, he's now broken into the crowds. What a shocking scene this is. Now, leprosy today is cured through a, a regiment of, uh, uh, of uh, a long regiment uh, uh, that goes a long time of several antibacterial agents. But we gotta take ourselves back to the time when of this, what leprosy was, because it was, a, it was just terrible, the leprosy, because it was how the person died from leprosy. You know, when you think about deaths today, you know, heart attacks, uh, traumatic accidents, septicemia, uh, Ebola, it's, it's relatively fast death. It's relatively fast death. But leprosy was different because leprosy was a slow, horrifying death as the bacteria slowly made its unstoppable march through the body. It was like a lifelong slow malignancy where, 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 the, where the digits, the fingers, the toes, slowly become dissolved as it moves its way up the limbs and the, and the eyes become attacked and the person goes blind and the ears become attacked and the person goes deaf and the nerves especially become, become, become attacked where the person can't even feel these things happening anymore. And then finally, as, 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 as the, the, the bacteria reaches the organs and the person begins to pass blood, and then what happens is that the leprosy then goes and centers itself in the lungs and the person dies a slow death of suffoc- suffocation, suffocates to death. Now, Hippocrates, you know, the one who wrote the Hippocratic Oath, he actually spent a lot of time uh, writing about leprosy and, and, and he classified leprosy into, into different types. And, and, um, and for example, there was a white leprosy where, where the person just turned white from head to toe. And this is the leprosy that Miriam, 
uh, God is a judgment in Levit- Leviticus 13, Levi- I'm sorry, in, 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 in Numbers, Numbers 12, uh, I meant to say that this white leprosy is described in detail in Leviticus 13, but Miriam's account, Miriam's case is, is Numbers 12.10. Numbers 12.10. The cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam was, became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. So that's a white leprosy. Then there was a red leprosy, and there was a black leprosy, and then there was the leprosy was actually elephantiasis, where the leprosy attacked the ankles, and it made the person look like a, an elephant. So as far as in the Old Testament, the priests were charged. They had the responsibility for identifying the different types of leprosy. They had the, the priests had the responsibility for protecting the community from the lepers, which were infectious, by isolating them. They had also had the responsibility of examining the leprous patients to determine if, if any could be readmitted into the community. So leprosy, in a sense, is a very good, perfect illustration of what sin does. There was no cure for leprosy. A person was just forced to watch his slow death destroy his body with always this thought in their mind, what's next? What's going next? So the progress of leprosy was certain. The the progress of leprosy was slow. the, the, The appearance of leprosy was disgusting. And, 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 and leprosy was, was just viewed as an uncleanness. The leprosy was infectious. The leprosy uh, resulted in isolation from the society, and, and, the, and, and, the, and the leprosy eventually resulted in death. All this means is that all you can say about a person who contracted leprosy, who was a leper, was the word hopeless, hopeless. Now, th- this was the state Hopeless and desperate. Hopeless and desperate was the state of the person, verse 2, as he pressed his way through the crowd to the Lord Jesus. And he gets the, he, when he got to the Lord Jesus, there was no idle curiosity at all about him. You know, it's it, it kind of like the, the old song from the 60s, 60s go, he, for, for, this, for this leper, it was, um, I need you more than want you. For this leper, it was, uh, you know, it even went farther than that, you know, uh, I must have you more than I need you. So his drive of this leper was very specific. He was, he was like a missile heading right for the Lord Jesus. He, was, he knew. His understanding was very specific. He called Jesus Lord. He called Jesus God. His purpose was very specific. He came to worship and his request was very specific. He wanted healing. It was very specific. You know, I was thinking about him with regard to the wise men who came. They were very specific too in Matthew 2.2 when it says that they came saying, where is he that is born king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Very similar to this leper, like the wise men, who the wise men saw the Lord's star in the east and came to worship him, and, but the leper heard these things about the Lord Jesus and he came. So uh, at this point in, in his ministry, the Lord Jesus was not known for performing miracles. He, he was, he, so he, he, the leper was not coming to him say, do for me like you did for him. You know, heal me like you, you took away his blindness. Heal me like you took away his deafness, so forth. Heal me like you, you raised from the dead. This hadn't happened yet. So, but, but this, this leper, when he heard of the Lord Jesus, 
There was a hope that was born in him. There was a hope that gave him strength. And, and, and that's what we see in this leper, a very strong person. He has a strong hope that in the Lord Jesus, there's going to be a deliverance from me. He has a strong determination as he presses his way out of the area where, into the area that he's banned from. He's bursting through. I mean, you got to kind of look at this leper and say, wow, he's bursting through in the place where he's not allowed to be. You can almost say that he's bursting through in the tabernacle, the outer court, into the holy, of, into the holy place. And then he's not finished. He's bursting his way through into the holy of holies where God is. And this is a man who has also a very strong faith that, that, that all that the Lord had to do was just be willing to cleanse him. That's it. So he's got these words of faith. His words of faith are, if thou wilt. That's faith. That's faith speaking. Faith never says, if thou canst. The faith always says, if the, this was the problem with the father of the, of, of, the, of the boy. The father did not have faith in Mark 9, 17. Mark 9, 17, when it says, one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit, and wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, he gnasheth with his teeth, pineth away. I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered, the Lord Jesus answered, saying, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. They brought unto him, and, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him. He fell on the ground. He wallowed, foaming. He asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? He said, of a child. And oft times it cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. Here's what, here's what the father said, faithless. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus corrects that. Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible unto him that believeth. Straightway the child, father child cried out with tears, said, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. So this isn't the leper. The leper is strong in faith because he said to the Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst. Now, the father was weakened because he said, if thou canst. And that's why the, that's why the Lord straightened out this uh, father. So this leper has a strong conviction that Jesus is God. There's no doubt about it in his mind. He, he calls him Lord. So therefore, this leper receives a, a very strong reward because he didn't ask to be touched by the Lord. He, 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 he just asked him to be cleansed. I'm sure he was shocked when the Lord reached out and touched him. But he was rewarding with a, he was rewarded with a, a touch that cleansed him. It was a cleansing touch. In verse three, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, "I will be thou clean." And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, when verse three says the Lord touched him, we could kind of picture that scene: how the Lord has turned to this leper, he's looking right into his eyes, and and as he's looking into his eyes. He reaches his hand out and he says, I will be thou clean. And when the le leper felt the touch from the Lord, he knew he was cleansed. He, the leper, the leper was cleansed by his contact with Jesus. 
I mean, imagine the shock of the crowd as, as, as Jesus is lifting up their, his hand. He's going to teach him, uh, touch him. Really. And, the, and, the, and the crowd is thinking, he's not going to touch him, is he? I mean, I mean the, the, the crowd knew from the scriptures that to touch a leper would make the person who touched him unclean like the leper. And, and so, so the Lord does that. He cleanses the leper with his touch. But then the Lord remains clean himself. Now, it's easy to look at this history of the leper and to say, okay, it's a, it's a history of healing. It's a healing history. But the word healing doesn't occur in this history at all. The subject is cleansing. And so in, in Matthew 8, 2, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Jesus puts forth his hand, touches him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So in, in a sense, that's what makes this so significant for us. Because when a person comes to the Lord Jesus, he's unclean from sin. He needs cleansing from sin. And when the Jewish people are going to come, which they will, to the Lord Jesus, they are going to find cleansing in uh, Zechariah 13.1. Zechariah 13.1. In that day shall there be a fountain open to the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, for sin and for uncleanness. And, 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 and then when, when David came to the Lord after his horrible sin in Psalm 51, Psalm 51, 2, David said, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. In the same chapter, same Psalm, verse 7, Psalm 51, 7, he says, wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. So just as the, 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 the cleansing from his sin came from this intimacy, I should say, the cleansing from his leprosy came from this intimacy of a touch from the Lord Jesus. Our cleansing from sin also comes from, from the intimacy of being washed by not a hand touch, but by his own blood, as it says in Revelations 1.5, Revelations 1.5, from Jesus Christ unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Not just washed us from our sins, but washed us from our sins in his own blood. And this, is, and this happens, happens to us daily as we confess our sins from 1 John 1.7 1 John 1.7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not just from some sins, but all sins. So the, the, this gets to... What, what John the Baptist said when he first saw the Lord Jesus in John 1.29, John 1.29, when John seeth Jesus coming unto him, he saith, behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. How does he take it away? He takes it away by forgiveness. He takes it away by cleansing. But it also shows us something here in, 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 uh, in, in, uh, <clears throat> about how the Lord is doing this, how this is happening, what's happening when he touches this person. And there's, a, there's a, an insight which is given to us in, in uh, dropping down to verse 17, Matthew 8, 17, Matthew 8, 17. When it says these words that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Himself bare our sicknesses. This leper, this leper could, could sing the words. They take our hymn, though. He could sing, he could open a hymn number 352. He could sing the words, shackled by a heavy burden, neath a load of guilt and shame. Then the hand of Jesus touched me, 
And now I'm no longer the same. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And all the joy that floods my soul. Something happened. Now I know. He touched me and made me whole. I'll never cease to praise him. I'll shout it while eternity rolls. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 